0: There's so many nuances in every market that if you're trying to hot markets, you're never going to really learn those.
1: Okay. Welcome, guys. I'm sitting here with Toddy Tedemint. Toddy. Hey,
0: Jerry. It's great to
1: sit down and do this interview with you. I'm excited to talk with you and share ideas with you and get your perspective on real estate. So, thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. Yeah.
1: You've kind of come into the industry. It's been a few years and you've had tremendous success. It's great to hear your story going from like, hey, I'm a young mom and- You know, I go from like no marketing budget and and your story is really phenomenal of like starting with nothing, building this, this very successful wholesale and now real estate business. And so one of the things that is kind of like your trademark is virtual. Yes. So let's talk about this because I think I do virtual. I've been virtual. I I started doing virtual a long time ago before it was even called anything. We just called it like remote investing, you know, (laughs) and now it's kind of got this name of like virtual wholesaling. And it's really a game changer with like lifestyle and scalability. And why do you like virtual so much? Why is that special for you?
0: So for me, at the time, um, with the, having the really really low marketing budget, and I was living in Las Vegas. And when I started wholesaling, I was calling sellers in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I had four hundred dollars, so mm-hmm. dialer list and me is really was the budget. Mm-hmm. So I'm calling sellers in Vegas. But what was happening in Vegas at the time? If you listed a house, it was literally selling like over asking a week. There wasn't really that cash buyer market. Airbnb was gaining so much popularity on, on Instagram and everyone wanted to get Airbnbs in Vegas. The legal situation of Airbnb wasn't really, um, like there like was no legislation now. like mm-hmm. it is now. So it was this weird time where someone would list a house for like 150 and would sell for like 180 to an investor cuz they know they can make 100 grand a year doing airbnb. And this was how long ago? This was um right when the pandemic. Okay. So, I was calling sellers in Vegas and I felt like there was a mix of you're the 40th person to call me today, you know, f off, I'm getting mm-hmm. cussed out. And no answers and I was it was probably three weeks into cold calling sellers in Vegas when I got cussed out by this guy and he was like, I could list my house for one percent and sell it for over ask. Why would I sell it to you? And I'm like, Oh wow. I don't know what's going on, like this wholesaling thing. They say I'm supposed to take massive action. I'm on the <laughs> this dialer for six, eight hours a day. Mm. My mom's telling me, you're not eating. You're not drinking. What are you doing? But I was laid off. It was COVID. And I I had my child and I had to pay bills. So I'm like, this wholesaling thing has to work. And I remember seeing Con um, Wholesale to Millions saying mm-hmm. he does this virtual wholesaling. And I'm like, what is that? So I start going into Facebook groups. And I keep seeing people posting like $20,000 houses in Ohio. And I'm like, all right, if I can't sell a $300,000 house in Vegas, I bet I can sell a $20,000 house in Ohio. So I think it was the fact that the houses were so cheap, it made me feel like I could do it. I started calling Ohio literally on the third day. Someone was like, yes, I want to sell.
1: In what market in Ohio?
0: In Cleveland.
1: Okay, so you went to Cleveland. Yes. So you're in Vegas. Vegas is highly competitive like the worst time ever because the buyer the buyer side of the market at that point just blew up. Yeah. Like when COVID happened, every, I remember there was like a day where I just watched the news in like total anxiety and panic. And then for the next week, I called all my money investors, my lenders, and just reassured them, hey, I'm not going anywhere. Don't worry, because they all panic. Yep. There was a moment where everyone was like, are we going to go down the toilet? Or what are we gonna do? And it went the other way. It went the other way. It went whoa! And then, you know, we've been in a, we were in and then a two year up cycle like crazy. Now we're kind of where we are. But you come in at the like, the hardest time possible yes. on the buy side, on acquisition. Yeah. Now it's never impossible and I'm sure there were still wholesalers doing lots of deals in Vegas. But as a brand new wholesaler doing it all yourself, you're the one cold calling, you're the one with no budget. You know, you got all the time but no, no resources. And you're like, there's got to be an easier market than Vegas at and this I point in time. Like
0: the biggest thing was that Zillow wasn't doing, we'll buy your house in Cleveland. Zillow opened oh, door. Yeah, the, they weren't the doing it buyers in weren't in yeah, Cleveland. So yeah, so they were in all these other markets. But I'm like, okay, at least no one will say Zillow can offer me more right. here. Yeah. And that actually was a, an advantage because there wasn't those big, big, big competition. You know, Ryan, he's got these billboards all over Vegas. Oh, yeah. Like, there's big people. I, I think, like you said, there was a ton of. Wholesalers just like me doing deals, but I was new and I was intimidated.
1: They had marketing budgets, they had teams. You can't compete with the big players if exactly. you're competing. So you said, let me go somewhere where I don't have to compete with these massive players in an, in an overly hot market. But before we move into Cleveland, because I want to hear what you did then, I do want to be careful and, and like throw some caution at the viewer right now watching this because you put in some work, but there is a tendency for people to hit some obstacles in this business and then instead of saying well what are the things i need to learn and overcome and have i really put in the reps yet to, to make a a, cle- a clear decision around this am i jumping ship too early and i'm just chasing you know the next the the next shiny object or the grass is greener idea and so i see a lot of people leave a really great market and go to another market which means now you're starting all over again yeah. and that might not be the right decision so would you what do you think about that idea is there is there something about that where people need to also realize virtual is a thing and you can actually even do your backyard virtually by following the same principles, yep. but be careful that you don't jump into a market that is going to have the same things as your your, your current market has, right? <laughs>
0: if you're going to leave a market, there should be a really good reason. And it should be because you tested that market and you actually tested it. Not like, oh, I called three sellers. Like mm-hmm. I was... Cold calling on the dialer, literally six to ten hours a day. I'm not even making that up. In Vegas. Yeah, I'm not even making that up. Every single day, I'm waking up at five a.m. I'm running. I'm doing the mindset. I'm doing everything YouTube (laughs) told me to do because I'm like, I have to make this money. No matter, like, I wasn't gonna do the whole, oh, it's COVID. I'm not gonna pay rent. Like, I don't. I'm not comfortable with living somewhere I'm not paying rent and wondering, oh, are they gonna kick me out? I'm, I'm not that kind of person. So, I really put my one hundred percent in, but don't market hop, market hop, like making the excuse of, oh, it's the market is, is a horrible thing because Mm -hmm. you can do deals in any market. Mm -hmm. I really think that the biggest thing is what is a buyer buying and why are they buying? If I can buy a house in Vegas for $350,000, that's only going to make $1,500 rent. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be exciting. If you can do an Airbnb and make a ton of money, Mm -hmm. then maybe it'll be exciting. So I had to Mm -hmm. think, why are people buying rental properties? If they can buy a $50,000 house in Cleveland and make $1,000 a month rent on it, now that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me realize people are buying houses for a fourth of the price that they're buying in Vegas for the same amount of rent. I was paying $1,250 for a three-bedroom apartment in a decent area at the time. Mm -hmm. So it's like...
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, what this reminds me of is in my presentation I'm going to do in in a minute here on the stage, I'm going to talk about what the top wholesalers in the country are doing in their business. And one of the things this reminds me of is they have very narrow criteria, very specific criteria. Now, what that means if you're a brand new wholesaler is one strategy is to go the opposite, go against what they're doing. So for example, they don't do two bedrooms, right? They have a buy box of three bedrooms. So that means if you specialize in two bedroom homes, you now eliminated all the biggest players in yes. the game because they don't touch those. Or let's say it's mobile homes. The big buyers they don't do mobile homes. They have a they don't do under nine hundred square feet. They don't do all these things. They don't do price. They don't do low income markets. They don't go in a market under hundred grand. They don't go in those markets. <laughs> they don't buy there. Yep. And so there's one there's one side where you're like, well, man, I should do what they're doing because I want to be them because they're they're doing you know six figures up to a million dollars a month in assignments. But then there's another thought, which is, well, if you're just getting started and you're the, you're the, like getting your first deal to three to five a month, you might do really well where the big buyers aren't, where the hedge funds aren't and where the iBuyers aren't and all the, the big, because they have unlimited budgets that you can't even compete with. You
0: can't, you can't. They
1: will destroy you in that market.
0: And then do you even have sales skills yet? That's the other part.
1: You don't have all the things. (laughs) You don't have anything yet. So that's kind of what you did. You said, in Vegas, I'm going up against too many big players, mm-hmm. highly competitive. I'm going to go to Cleveland where there's less of that going on. And how did it go? You started working. You're saying, you took your same work ethic to Cleveland. And how was that different? It
0: was nuts. On the third day, I got my first contract. That contract netted 15 k But literally the next day, I got my second contract. And that house sold in 48 hours. Craziest thing. Like you closed thing. it in 48 closed hours. The boots on the ground that I I hired off of Facebook went and told the seller, hey, we're going to wholesale this house. We have a buyer like just ruin the whole thing. And I'm like, "Okay, he ruined the whole thing. The guy calls me and he says, oh, yeah, he told me what you're going to do. You have two days. I'm like, oh, shoot, I have two days. Well, let me just try. And I put it in Facebook groups. I had 28 people go to that house within like 10 hours. It was a super hot deal. I had no idea. And I had an offer. And then I had another offer and then I had another offer. I'm like, oh my God, Monday, literally, because this was like a Thursday, Monday morning, a buyer went and paid cash. It was like $52,000, bought, bought it. So my second deal actually closed before my first deal.
1: And the second one made how much?
0: The second one, I ended up making 16000 but the total spread was like 24000 There was a realtor who brought uh-huh. a cash buyer to the deal. Okay, she saw wanted- the deal on Facebook and then she went to it for him.
1: Okay. And he so she had it. to get something out of it. Are you yeah. JV'd?
0: Yeah. So we we basically JV'd. JV'd and yeah. um, he was from Israel. And then that's mm. when I found out about out-of-country buyers. And that's mm. when everything changed for me.
1: Through that agent? Through or? that agent.
0: Um, she told me, oh, yeah, there's all these buyers. And they're from Israel. And they're buying in Cleveland. I'm like, oh, really? Why? And she's like, well, they have this money. And they have to put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they don't mind buying things a little bit more expensive. The Cleveland local buyers were offering me like 38 39 And he offered 52 mm.
1: So So they're overpaying buyers. So you found a niche buyer. I
0: found a niche buyer.
1: Yeah. You found the outlier. I like to say there's all, every market has an outlier. And as a wholesaler, if you can find the outliers, the ones that pay just a little more, Mm -hmm. and that's your job as a wholesaler, find the highest paying buyer for your deal. And so you tapped into an agent who had these connections and did Did that produce more buyers over time?
0: Honestly, she produced one more buyer, but she kind of, she went to property management and other things, but I knew what I needed to know um, because in the Facebook groups, you can, you can kind of tell who's who once you kind of know. Yeah. So I, I, I knew, okay, if I post a deal and this guy wants to see it, he's going to pay way more than the local guys. Mm. So I'll let everybody go, but I learned not to take offers really quickly. I ended up doing six deals my first month that I decided to switch to Cleveland instead of Vegas and that's when i knew i was right vegas is just not really it right now because of what's going on in the market so cleveland worked and then i thought to myself what's really similar to cleveland and i went to st louis as well and i only stayed in those two markets for a year and a half i didn't add and hop mm-hmm. and
1: why why was that why was that a smart move
0: because it's a distraction. Yeah. You have to learn the market. Learning a market's not easy. You have Mm-mm. to have a lot of conversations with a lot of people. Because
1: you don't know about this school district and that side of the road and the, the this neighborhood. This neighborhood's better than that neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Takes time that to learn neighborhood the neighborhood.
0: That neighborhood has termite damage and don't buy those yeah. if they're older than the 80s. And there's so many nuances in mm-hmm. every market that if you're trying to hot markets, you're never going to really learn those. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot with uh, a lot of people started at the exact same time as me and. They maybe haven't even done one deal yet.
1: They're long gone, yeah, gave up. and
0: They gave mm -hmm. up because they were not following their path of least resistance.
1: But you felt like you could manage two different markets at once?
0: Yes, I I did. um, Just because after those six deals closed, I hired a cold caller. But I stayed cold calling. I didn't really know about scaling. I wasn't Mm -hmm. going to any masterminds. I wasn't learning anything. I'm just like, okay, getting these checks. Let me keep going. So I hired a cold caller. I kept cold calling and I put him on Cleveland because I knew Cleveland now. Mm. And I went to St. Louis. Okay. I did the duplicated it. And I said, all right, got my two, I'm staying here. And I kept doing that for a year and a half. That's and then fantastic. I started adding, then I started going to masterminds and learning new things Getting and new slowly skills. implementing mm-hmm. Florida and Georgia and maybe more expensive markets, mm-hmm. but in a cheap way that, that I didn't feel like I was breaking the bank. The last thing I wanted to do was spend the money I made on, on marketing that wasn't going to work.
1: On a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to be careful about overspending because there's always a learning curve, but overspending on the learning curve. I think you brought up a really valuable point, which is any market you go into, if you're going to dedicate marketing dollars to a specific market, then you're now investing in that market. And part of investing in a market is learning that market inside and out. You want to you be at a point where, because the markets that I do like consistently, like Metro Detroit, yep. there's two counties in Metro Detroit where I can, I can almost just, you tell me the city, I can almost, you tell me the crossroads, I almost already know the value. Now I got to check, spot check it because you know, but I've spent so much time investing in learning in myself of understanding the market now. That I can make decisions very quickly because I know the neighborhoods, I know the I know the cities, I know the streets so well.
0: One hundred percent. And so
1: that's where, as a virtual wholesaler, one of the key things is take the time to really learn the market. One of the things that I used to do when I did a backyard market is I would print out like a hundred sold homes over the past thirty days, and I would go drive every single one of them. Now you can do this virtually, and what I would do is I would. I drive up to the house, I would have like the listing print off and I say, okay, it sold for this, this many days, it's this many bedrooms. Why did this one sell for this price? And the one I just came from sold at that price. Yes. Well, I this, look at this neighborhood. This is nicer. I can see now, oh, it has a garage. And so I just started edging edge it and it doesn't take long. Like you do that for a day here, a day there, you're going to learn your market yes. really well.
0: Yes. And, and you can do this so virtually important. with
1: solds. You can pull up solds and be like, okay why are the, why is this side of the road getting selling for five hundred thousand, and this side of the road selling for three hundred thousand? something's happening here yeah.
0: and, and that's, learn that's when you drive the market and then that's when you use the resources of the the people there in the market yeah. Mar- networking with the agents and the wholesalers and the boots on the ground a lot of people are, are scared to just talk to people because they feel like they're talking to them for no reason but it's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not no reason you want to build a business
1: And guys, you can do this like Taddy, where you went. she went from zero, like her first deals were homes she never saw. Yep. So let's talk about your boots on the ground because you brought that up. So if you guys, that's a very common word in virtual wholesaling, because since you're not there, you're relying 100% on people that are there. And there's a part of the business that you can't get away from actually seeing the house. Doesn't mean you see it. So with your boots on the ground, what does that mean and and how did you utilize that person
0: Yeah, so on your first couple deals? The boots on the ground are the most important relationship that you're going to have in mm. virtual wholesaling. And I think people really underestimate that and they mm. say like, oh, just use Thumbtack or just use you know whatever website to go have someone take pictures. There's a difference between a picture taker and a boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. A boots on the ground is someone who understands real estate, an ex-contractor, an mm-hmm. uh, sl- uh, ex-roofer, painter, something who has this free time. So my first boots on the ground was a guy who just got fired from his last job. Mm. I posted an ad on Craigslist. He's like, hey, I'm a contractor, but I got fired. I'm Mm. in between jobs, it's COVID. My wife doesn't really want me doing too much. So I'll go to houses for you. I said, okay, great. And I treated him like a friend. I didn't Mm -hmm. treat him like a worker, you know? Mm -hmm. And he told me everything I needed to know about Cleveland. Every single house he went to, he would drive and re- videotape the neighborhood. He would tell mm. me about the people sitting outside. He would say, oh, it looks like there's guys selling drugs over there. Don't buy that one. Um, and the same thing- So he was your eyes and ears. Eyes and ears. And even like when it comes to going to properties and getting pictures, and some of the tenants will be like, oh, yeah, we haven't paid rent in six months. And he's hearing all of this, and he's telling me, but a picture taker is not going to do that. Mm-hmm. They're going to go snap the pictures- so the boots on the ground is the most important relationship. And it's just as easy as Craigslist or Facebook groups saying, yeah. hey, I need boots on the ground. They'll do it for 50 bucks, 75 bucks. This doesn't cost much.
1: Yeah, we find ours inside the investor groups on Facebook. Yep. So we'll say, hey, does anybody know somebody that can run around for me and, and do this and that? And someone will refer somebody or, hey, this is someone I use or whatever. So that works out great. There is a service. Uh, They're, they're not fast, but NVMS will go do certain things. But there's services like uh, Home HomeSnap and stuff, but but I think you're right. What I've done in like my, my main markets where I know I'm going to c- consistently do deals is I want to have a couple people that I can pick up the phone yep. and they're going to be there in a half an hour. Yep. That's because sometimes you have to make decisions that fast. Yeah. And so if you can have someone that can go there, tell you honestly what's going on and I'll give a resource if you guys want, I have a, I have a walkthrough guide and it actually is step-by-step how somebody is to go and, take pictures and a video walkthrough and what things to look for. What do we want to know about the property? And it's a great resource guide, but do you find things like that are really helpful for yeah. your boots on the ground? Yeah.
0: That's so important. Just like a little uh, photo instructions. We have a seller's photo instructions. We try to get the sellers mm-hmm. to take them, but you know, if they don't or they take bad ones, we have it for the boots on the ground. And yeah. The other thing is if they care about you or if they like you, they're not going to want you to buy a bad property. Mm. So they're going to really look out for you. And I think That's great. the craziest thing is my boots on the ground in Cleveland when I actually went to Cleveland because I'm like, "Wow, I'm doing so many deals here. Let me let me try to f- virtually flip a house." Bad idea. Um, but
1: Physically flip a house.
0: Yeah, but virtually, but physically. Oh, fix and
1: flip. Fix and flip. Okay. But yeah. I wasn't
0: living in Cleveland. I went to visit the house when I closed on it, uh-huh. and I went with my kids. And my boots on the ground's daughter babysitted my kids <laughs> while I went to the house. That's how close we got over yeah. over virtual wholesaling. Yeah, he did a quick claim deed deal for me where literally he had sixty eight hundred dollars cash. He went to the bank and put it in my account like that. Can you yeah. trust a stranger with $6,800 cash? Wow. It was crazy. So that's why I say those relationships are, are key. so key and so important.
1: What other relationships are really key? Are you using agents to help you with anything in your wholesaling? Or- agents?
0: Um, yes, but not as much. I would say okay. the other really key relationship is the title company.
1: Okay. Um, local to your market Local now. to my yeah. market.
0: Yeah, because they know everybody. Mm-hmm. And they know who they'll, – they'll say – Sonny, that guy doesn't really close or he's a wholesaler, you know, and then they'll give me the, the inside info so I don't have to waste time with certain mm. buyers. And that's important. That'll yeah. kill a deal.
1: What other tools do you think or resources? What's a, what's, what else is important to virtual? Because it feels like most of the business can all be done on a phone mm-hmm. or on a laptop. And there's not that many things that prevent you from being able to do deals in another market.
0: No, there's nothing. There's absolutely yeah. nothing. And like you said yesterday, um, unless it's rural, but don't do rural. Like rural's the only thing that might be tough to do virtually, but mm. just avoid it because you're not going to have a buyer anyway.
1: Yeah, rural's been a tough one for me because I I always want to figure out rural only because <laughs> I can buy so deep. Like you get your bet, you get these amazing deep buys. And when I say rural, where you're going, you know, an hour, two hours away from any ma- major metro. Yep. And I mean, you can go MLS with it maybe and take it down and resell it. But when you have a very small buyer pool, it gets really tricky. Yeah. It gets tough. So if if you're a beginner, one of the rules we have is you want to stay 45 minutes from from a city, from a major metro. It's
0: hard to get boots on the ground to drive there. You're going to run
1: in, you're going to be like, yeah, but I bought it so deep. And you're going (laughs) to be like, yeah, but you're going to not be able to sell it.
0: Yeah. I know you have people sending you deals. For like ten thousand dollars in the middle of nowhere all the time.
1: All the time, I'm like, and I'll look at it and I'll be like, whoa, what a deal! And then I look at the cash buyers in that area and I'm like, there's no cash buyers, none. So that's a good point. But good. Well, what has what has virtual wholesale done for your lifestyle now? Are you still in Vegas?
0: Yeah, well, So so Vegas is home. Vegas is home. I did move around because. I, I was in the mindset of, oh, I don't want to raise my kids in Vegas, so let me check out some other places. I checked out Ohio. We mm-hmm. stayed in Miami for a little bit, mm-hmm. but Vegas is home. All my family's there, yeah. so I did go back. in The beauty is we can do this on vacation in Hawaii. You can do this from anywhere. Oh, yeah. It's just a computer and a phone. So yeah. things are still going. I'm still Cleveland, St. Louis, a couple more markets, but I'm, I'm still in Vegas, and um, now I'm really focusing on building my portfolio, too, because I took wholesaling really seriously. I... Like i said i I tried to do a virtual flip. I lost money, and I realized, well, let me not just be gung-ho about trying new mm. things. you know, be conservative and and not lose more money. I mm-hmm. lost seventy five hundred dollars on this, mm. and um, which
1: isn't bad by the way, for a flip not the worst. Uh, for a flip I've that heard. went south. yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I could tell you stories, but yeah,
0: <laughs> so after that, I was like, okay, because I'm very risk averse. so I was like, mm. all right, let me keep wholesaling, and then now I'm buying um creatively for my portfolio and, holding. and holding, holding but only things that don't work for wholesale. So it's just the same wholesale marketing and then yep. if if it doesn't work for wholesale, we at least ask if they'll do creative mm-hmm. and if they do, awesome. Most of the time they say no, but we've been able to put together like nine deals like that nice. so far. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just hoping to build and and you know be the next Jerry Norton one day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you're on track because you're on track because you're continually learning. And that's, I mean, if, if anyone if anyone wanted to say, what what does Jerry Norton mean? It means I just kept trying to learn things and improve my way of doing the business and never try to, never always avoid being stagnant or complacent. And that's what you're doing. You're saying, okay, well, how do I continue to learn and develop and grow? And what's the next thing for me? And I think if you can live outside that comfort zone, mm-hmm. if you're comfortable, then you should be uncomfortable. Like yeah. that should be, you be, should be saying, things aren't going right. I'm too comfortable Yep. right now because that's when you're not growing anymore is when you're comfortable.
0: Yeah. That's you know? what that was for me first stage. And I was like, I know I'm going to be scared, but if I don't do this, how could I ever want mm-hmm. to be the next Jerry or mm-hmm. Cody or anybody? <laughs> yeah. This is, this is what they do. So yeah. I had to suck it up.
1: <laughs> that's good. Well, amazing. Well, on another video, let's talk about some of your, um, your hold projects and some other things you're doing, but I love the way you shared this guys. And I hope this gives a lot of encouragement for people watching that they can do this just like you did it. It was only been a few years, but I mean, I heard you say that you've done some six figure deals on single deals and some, and just some great months where you're doing really great volume on your business and all of that's just so exciting. And guys, Tati's putting out uh, some content and she's got a YouTube channel and she's sharing her journey. And and giving some great tips and advice and training on that. So we'll put your information below this, guys. So be sure to follow her on social media and and go subscribe to her YouTube channel and be sure that you also get in her world a little bit and learn from her too. So
0: thank you, yeah, thank you.
1: Appreciate you. And guys, if you haven't, be sure to subscribe to the channel and we'll see you on the next video.